Welcome to the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast, where we feature physicians who are redefining the practice of medicine and changing the experience we have as doctors in medicine. We all know the system is broken, but we've decided not to complain about it anymore. We're out to fix it. I'm Dr. Una, your host. I'm a pediatrician and serial entrepreneur, but my passion is helping physicians create the freedom to live life and practice medicine on their terms. This is not just a podcast, it's a movement, a movement of change, and I invite you to be a part of it. Let's jump right in. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast. I have been looking forward to this episode because I have Dr. Charlotte Acor. How do you say your last name? I got it right? Acor. Acor. Yes. Okay. She's a boss. Okay. And she is going to get all of us in shape and help us with this billing and coding and throwing money away thing that we are really good at doing as doctors. So Dr. Acor, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Uh, She is a fellowship trained board certified pediatric ophthalmologist. Okay. But she, I know her more for what she has done in the coding and billing space. She's actually even a certified chart auditor. Like that's how seriously she takes this stuff. I'm going to start off by asking, I mean, you have all these specialty training, right? And what made you interested in coding, billing, not only for yourself, but teaching other people how to do it right? Well, doctor, and I had the business bug, right? When you start your business, you should pick something you're passionate about and really passionate about understanding how we make money for what we do, right? We go to school for such a long time and they skip that class. Billing and coding is a little bit personal. So my dad is what well, was, so he passed away last year, but he is a perpetual student. He had seven degrees. And so seven, seven degrees. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, so to relate to his daughter, because he decided to take billing and coding class. So he'd be like, doctor, let me ask you this question. It's in my book today. So <laughs> to I love like, him. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> so to meet him where I at, I said, hey, I need to, to really figure this out so we can have a better conversation. So one is, hey, I needed to know how to bill and code so I could survive in the practice environments that I had been in. And then it was fun because my dad decided he was going to learn how to bill and code, even though he was a mathematician and statistician, you know, statistician his whole life. And he jumped off to try to do something different. I I love him. So I lost my dad about two months ago. And I think they would have been great friends because, (laughs) you know, now he is a surgeon. And then I think he was the first set of people who did emergency medicine back in the day. So they're all grandfathered in and stuff like that. And he's 84, right? Trying to tell me about what he read in anatomy the other day. I'm like, dude, I don't care. (laughs) Like like, what? (laughs) So he's 84, still reading anatomy books. I'm just like, leave me alone. But cool. That's really amazing. And and I'm glad you do this because this is the thing. So I'm going to go right in, right? And ask you the question that's going to bring all the stuff out, which is what are the top mistakes doctors make with coding and billing? Like, let's just go for it. Well, the number one is you haven't had a formal lesson, right? You know, you kind of watch your attendings. 
you know, when I think back to when I first did billing and coding, I just remember my attending circling something on a piece of paper. And, you know, they have those templates and you fill out the templates, but you're doing something, but you're not understanding it, right? And then they show up with an auditor and you make a mistake and then you get scared. So you really just, there's that connection of documentation and why you're documenting. And then choosing the correct code and not being afraid to choose the correct code. But the problem is you just need a lesson, right? And when you are in training, your attendings, they may be a step removed from billing and coding because a lot of places have billers and coders. But now, just like everything in medicine, you remember when I was an intern, you actually wrote something down and there was a unit clerk that put it through. So there are a few practices that you document and there's somebody that's trained that that can look at your note and bill and code it. But one, what does the doctor have to do? You have to know what to document. Now, since the doctor has to do everything themselves, you have to know what exactly needs to be documented, but then you have to know how to choose the correct code. I remember I did this locum position, Dr. Una, and I forgot to mark something. And so some lady sent me an email. She said, Dr. Charlotte, did you check the pressure? And this is for kids. So we don't actually get a numerical pressure. You have to just touch the eye of a kid and and you get a finger tonometry pressure. And I said, yes, I did. She's like, you need to mark that in your note. And me marking that in, in my note was a different level of service. But a lot of times, even in my job, I have to choose the correct code. So that position actually had someone studying my note, choosing the correct code. A lot of jobs, you aren't blessed like that anymore. Those people are expensive. Those people are making $25, $30, $35 an hour. And when things are cut, they're the first ones to go. So most jobs require doctors to be, one, you have to document correctly, but you really do have to almost be a certified biller and coder to maximize your income to get paid for your work. Right. So the biggest mistake is not even getting the education on it. Then you alluded to the fact that, and if you don't get that right, then it affects how much you can earn. So let's talk about that a little bit, because for one, someone may listen, like I'm employed, I don't care. I just get my check, right? But somebody else owns a practice and they're living in the 99213s, for instance, like it's all, they're all 99213s. What is the financial implication of not knowing how to bill and code correctly? Well, I'm an employed physician and they're looking at my numbers every month. So if I want extra staff, they're looking at the money I brought in. So yes, even though you may be employed, they're still looking at the numbers. It's all about the numbers. So I know I work hard and I know what I'm bringing in. So I have no problem saying, hey, I have seen five, 10 more patients this a week now, get me that additional help. But if you don't know how you're graded, even as an employee, you are graded by that billing and coding system then you have to know it, right? You have to know it. So if you don't know it, a lot of employee jobs, they'll give you a guaranteed salary. But after that 18 months, two years is up, you're crying, right? You're crying because you didn't learn the rules because you just thought they were supposed to continue giving you that paycheck. And unfortunately, you know, that's just part of doing business. So even as an employee, it's part of doing business. So you have to know how to bill and code and knowing what your worth is when you negotiate jobs, you're like, but this is how much I'm bringing in from my work. I expect this from you. But if you don't even learn it, you're doing yourself a disservice. 
I love all of it. All of it. Now, in the entrepreneurial world, we say like whether you're employed or not, you're an entrepreneur, right? And this is just part of being an entrepreneur, owning your brand, owning your earning power. And then, like you said, it's now you can negotiate. Now you can say, this is how much I'm bringing in. If you give me a scribe, I can see two more patients. And that's a win-win for me and you. But if you don't know what the numbers are, you don't even know to have that conversation. And you know what I mean? Like, so that's wonderful. And if you want to negotiate for a raise or whatever, now you can talk like a business person, which is what they respond to, as opposed to it's not fair. In the marketplace, they're like, yeah, so so that's beautiful. And I'm guessing for someone who actually owns a business, you're just throwing away thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars if you don't know how to how to build properly, right? Yeah, I had a colleague who's been in practice for a really long time, and he got audited. And he basically was found to undercode. When they come to you in the audit, they don't say, hey, doc, these 99214 fives that you build as a 99214, we're going to give you that $50. It's gone, right? Like you said, as a practice owner, how much money are you leaving on the table? Shoot, even as an employed physician, uh, the 99215 has more RVU values than the 99214. So doctors are just leaving money on the table, um, not knowing how to bill and code. And I was talking to a doctor the other day. It's gotten even more complex, Dr. Una, because when, when a physician works with a nurse practitioner or a PA, they've got to stick up for themselves and make sure they're getting the value for their work. And if you don't know what that value is, you're not getting the money for your brain power. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Now, you, you've talked about an audit a few times, and I know that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are just like, I love my 99213s. I don't want any red flags. I don't want to trigger anything. I don't want to get in trouble. What do you say to that? Doctors are smart people. You just need to bite the bullet, take the time, learn the rules, and learn how to do it, really learn how to do it. And if you have that knowledge, then you'll bill and code more confidently. It's just like, hey, you know, the surgeon sewing up a laceration. After you do it a couple of times, it'll be easy. But one thing that I want to tell you, Dr. Una, is the number one rule of billing and coding is medical necessity, right? Mm. Well, don't forget, you know, why we're doctors, what we're supposed to be doing, and making sure that you start there. What what are you supposed to be doing for the patient, right? If you are just taking care of a bug bite and it would go away by itself, it can't be a level five. But if you're taking care of that kid who has that asthma attack in your office and you have to go get something for them, then that's the level five, right? Like you said, don't bill it as a level three. So it's really just billing and coding training is putting what you're doing in the language to what you're getting paid for. And if you made it through medical school, if you made it through physiology, you can make it through billing and coding training. So not as hard as medical school, huh? Right. Not as hard as medical school. (laughs) Now collecting the money, that's a whole different story, but I got (laughs) tips for that too. (laughs) Uh Oh, oh, we're going to talk all about it. Okay. And now for a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast is sponsored by the EntreMD Business School. We didn't get any business education during our medical training, and this school fixes that. It is the only school of its kind 
that helps physicians become thriving entrepreneurs who make money, have impact, and have time for the things that matter. You will get the coaching, accountability, and community you need to be successful. To find out more and to save your spot, go to EntreMDBusinessSchool.com. And now for the rest of the episode. Now, so first of all, let's talk tips for, let's say someone's like, oh man, I don't even know where to start. Like I'm that person. I do 99213s and I've not given it any thought. In fact, I started thinking about it. The ICD-10 came up and I was like, forget it. Right. So I, I don't do any of that stuff. Where did they even start from? Well, they have to invest in training. So some of the training when I first started investing in training was my academy, the American Academy of Ophthalmology. They had um, a billion coding class that they took around the nation to the different states once a year. I do training. I help doctors and I do training. And how I say my training is different than, you know, maybe you would get from the academy is because, hey, I make it specifically for you, right? You know, it's like a psychiatrist. Yes, you can get mental health and and watch a video or a movie, but hey, I'm going to be the doctor that analyzes your billing and coding problem and focusing on your billing and coding problem. So what I suggest is just get that training, right? Go to those classes, right? Or, you know, sometimes you just pay to get things done, right? It's like, hey, you know, I got to go to the pediatrician I can't wait for this pre-authorization. I'm going to pay you, Dr. Una, to see my child, right? You can't always save money, especially with billing and coding and collections, because that's your paycheck. That's how you make your money. So I guess I would encourage doctors to say, hey, invest in yourself. Even though our medical schools have left out this portion, or our residencies have left out that portion, you can't leave out that portion because you don't know what you don't know. So just like you invest in your new stethoscope or your favorite notebook, you have to make sure you invest in some billing, coding, and collection training. Billing, coding, and collection. Okay. Collection. Talk to me about that. Well, so the billing and the coding is right. What you document and what you get paid for, but it's even more than that, right? So why do some people get paid 100% of Medicare? Some people get paid 50% of Medicare. Some people get paid 150% of Medicare, right? This is all the lingo of collecting for our work, understanding, hey, these are the codes and all these codes are attached to a number, right? If you're either the practice owner, you know what that number is attached to. But even as an employee, it's attached to something, right? Because I see the cardiothoracic surgeons, their codes are attached to some big numbers because they're never short staffed. They've got a PA, they've got two of them, they have five nurses. So it's billing, coding, and collections and how much your work is worth. And say, if you're the only pediatric ophthalmologist in that area, maybe you can negotiate a higher amount for that 99214, that 99215. So it's billing, coding, and what you can put in your pocket. Man, she has such a business mind. Like I'm just listening to it go. Like I can see all the wheels turning in my mind. 
So good. And for you to say, yep, and I'm employed physician and I just have the business bug and I do all this stuff. It's really, really, really amazing. So tell people about what you do. So you've talked about a little bit, get training, you offer some training, but how do you support doctors as far as figuring out this coding, billing and collection thing? So I have a coding boot camp where right now it's just a live program. It I have a group coaching program that meets for five weeks, or I just do one-on-one for three sessions. My conference is going to be November 6th. So why November 6th? Well, because every year billing coding rules change. So in the summertime, and I know a lot of people have been talking about they've they've lowered some values of work. They've changed some values of work. So right now we're in the time period where doctors should be out there fighting with their calling their senator saying, hey, this work that I do, you can't, you shouldn't downgrade it. Right. So this is the response time where you can contact your senators to say, hey, Medicare has said that this surgery I do isn't worth very much or it's only worth half as much, even though we know that's not really true. So once October 31st comes, then these billing and coding rules changes are, you know, set in stone. And then you have to apply them. So November 6th is when they start. Well, that's the date I I let people know about the changes, but October 31st is when those changes are set in stone. And this past year, we had major changes about the evaluation and management code. So it went through a similar process, right? On January 1, you know, 2020, the rules of how to choose the outpatient evaluation and management codes changed. Awesome. And where can people find you? So you can find me. I'm on the web, www.drcharlottemd.com. So that's my website, but the same handle for LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Dr. Charlotte MD. Awesome. All right, people go find her. Okay. Go find her because we need to figure this out. And if you run the numbers, we're talking, I mean, there are people who've done $10,000, $20,000 different just per month, just because they figured out how to do this coding and billing thing. So this is a serious thing. I describe billing, coding, and collections as the aorta of your practice. If it bleeds out, you're bleeding out. (laughs) There's a nick there. You are bleeding out. So Dr. Charlotte, this is fantastic. Now this podcast, we started it because I was like, listen, there's a million of us, you know, if we don't like our experience in medicine, if we don't like the system, we can change it. There's a lot of us. And I always have the doctors share the episodes. I'm like, don't just listen to it and say it was fantastic. You need to share this. Let other doctors know what is going on, how we can change things for ourselves. We're not stuck. We're not victims. We're none of that. So what would be the reason you would give the doctors listening right now? Like, this is the reason why you 100% must share this episode. What would you tell them? So if you make a good physician paycheck, you can use your money for lots of different things. So my second hobby is real estate. (laughs) When my paycheck is bigger, there's more real estate to buy. And I love something that you said, Dr. Una, where as doctors, we are not trained. Sometimes we have made to feel guilty when we charge for our services. And I like you had said something, this is your brand. This is your business charge for your work, right? So this is the billing, coding, and collection system is the way that they have put in front of us to charge for our work. Understand it, take it to the next level, and 
you know, I love being a physician. I love being a pediatric ophthalmologist. I'm sure you love being a pediatrician too, just seeing children, just seeing them happy, just seeing life, seeing the beginning of life, seeing the middle of life, but I can't do it for free. So I'm going to do it to my best, you know, ability and feel comfortable that I am giving compassionate quality care and that I am making money to have the best assistance help me to keep the lights on to just take care of business. So I guess I would say, hey, this is an integral part of medicine. I think one reason why people don't get it in residency is because, hey, their attendings may be on a salary. They may not know it as much. It's somebody else's job, but most Physicians, even as an employed physician, you have to know your numbers. And someone's not going to just knock on your door and tell you. The biller is not going to say, hey, doc, you're making a mistake, right? Or your colleague, they're so busy doing their thing, they're not going to say, hey, doc, you should be billing for your EKG. I had worked with a doctor who didn't know she could bill for EKGs. Shoot, I didn't know wow. you could bill for EKGs until I started billing and coding training. But that situation was so bad that the CEO said, we're going to send you to a different site because you're not busy enough. And just by understanding the billing and coding system, changing the way she built in code, they're like, what happened to you? You're not doing anything different. And then they wanted to keep her. And then she, wow. said, then she said, take this job and whatever. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a critical part of our education that needs to be there. So if you weren't blessed to get it in residency, get it here. Ugh. So good. So good. And I love that you say, well, yeah, but I can't do it for free. In my world, I'm like, our job is to serve and earn, like in that order, but both of them need to be happening. <laughs> and I'm like you, I like investing in real estate too. This is so good. Thank you for coming on and sharing this. And I know the education that we need as doctors, as far as, you know, billing, coding and collections goes, that that's beyond the scope of this. But what this does is opens our eyes to see, hey, I've been wanting to negotiate more. This is the key. I've wanted to be in a position where I can make more. This is the key. I feel excluded from this business lingo. This is the key. So the awareness of this is huge. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing and showing and, you know, paying the price to learn it. You know what I mean? And then we can just learn it from you. Yeah, right. Hey, I do that too. I said, hey, well, you know, one thing about being in business separate from being a physician is really becoming more adept at asking for help, looking for help and vetting help. So if someone had said, Hey, what is new and different about you? I'm enthusiastic about life. Even though we read and hear about all the difficulties of medicine with payer mix and different things like that, it's a mindset thing. And you have to use your mind to put the right people in your circles to learn what you need to do quickly and effectively, right? Because all have the same 24 hours in a day and, and keep it moving so we can make our world a better place. I love it. Thank you so much for coming. And everybody, you heard her. So go share the episode and change the mindset and invest in your education and go make a lot more for doing the same amount of work. And it's not in a cheating way. You're finally just making what you deserve. So go share the episode and I will see you, my friend, on the next episode of the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Now, this is too good for you to keep to yourself. So I want you to do three things. 
Number one, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Number two, share this episode with all the doctors in your life. Number three, share it on social media. Until next time, remember, you are a huge part of a movement changing medicine, one podcast episode at a time.